Alrighty then, hello and welcome to Star Trek Reliance, your only STA podcast dedicated to this particular vein of musings from the Star Trek Online and Star Trek Online Foundry universe. I am your host, Green Dragoon, oh wait, no, I am your host, Duncan Idaho, and let us begin by introducing our regular cast. So, starting off, we have Chorog. Our chief, or, or uh, uh, one of our major security officers. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting for Wangi. And we've got our XO and chief medical officer. Dr. That's a, Gunner. That's a me. I can practice medicine. Whoa. And we've got our con officer, Kara Junrani. Take two million nanomachines and call me in the morning. And our chief engineer, Rick Deer. I make things go. I was trying to remember lower decks for uh, cho- um, <laughs> and lower decks um, back of the line, but I'm completely blanking on that right now. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started tonight with our episode. So we cut to the USS Reliant, just zooming or just gracefully um, uh, orbiting around Starbase Magellan. It's starting to take a little bit more shape, a little bit nicer, a little bit spiffier, a little bit more polished. And there's additional Federation ships around the Starbase as things are starting to get a little bit more bustly and a um, more of its uh, permanent crew is being filled out. The crew has a little bit of downtime before we have a meet and greet with more of the crew of the Starbase Starbase Magellan. And folks are free to basically be finishing up whatever their characters are doing during this precious downshift. Camera pans around and... One of the flat, kind of triangle-shaped ships of the Bobans drops out of warp and moves over, tries to figure out how to dock with the station, is still figuring that out sometime later. Universal docking collars are a wonderful thing that should be invented, at least by races that have just been contacted. Captain Graves is on the bridge, reading a data pad with a cup of coffee in hand. Chirag is in his quarters... Contacting some of his Orion salvage specialists, arranging deliveries of Starbase materials. And Rick T is just in the engineering room, uh, just uh, going over the finer diagnostics and uh, directing the crew of of the engineering crew around um, just to make sure everything is a-okay. Among them is uh, Skipper in a little yellow uh, engineering uniform. Skipper is doing a very good job doing junior tardigrade cadet learning exercises among the uh, crew. Kara on the bridge, you know, looks over from filing her nails and turns back to Eli and says, So, you're not sore at me for giving away the ship, are you? Wait, you what? The Corvette. I gave it away. When? What? A few days ago. I met somebody who needed it more than I did. You could say it was kind of a present to myself. Oh my god, you gave it to your mirror self, didn't you? She needs it more than I do. Did you at least get my alcohol off there? You had alcohol on there? Yes, I had a full bar for when I was racing. And why did you have a full bar still on it when you made it my ship? Because I forgot to take it off. I, I thought it'd be always... I procrastinated, alright? Well... Snooze, you lose. I guess the mere universe rejects have booze now. <laughs> Cut to the Corvette. It's starting to wobble a little bit during warp. Cut back to her line. 
But yeah, uh, she's pulled together a crew out of a few of the other defectors, a Bolian, human, a couple other people who were just happy enough to get off the old Reliant. We still have Mira Rick, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody's letting him out anytime soon. So. Okay, good, good, good. Just want to make sure. What what else did I apparently miss? Um, Graves muses for a little bit. Uh, we did a little bit of a game night the other night. Oh, right. You also weren't here for the whole nuclear fish people thing, were you? N- nuclear what now? Not nuclear. Nuclear. And nuclear, nuclear fish, fish people. people. N- no, okay. That's the thing. Right, so we, uh, we went out. There were two races at war, apparently. Turns out it was more of a proxy war between machines they'd created. And uh, one side was already dead, as well as being quite evil. And the other side was still marginally alive. She points at the view screen. That's one of their ships, actually, trying to figure out how to dock. I swear I thought I read something from Voyager about the same sort of thing. What? Our shrugs. Uh-huh. The Boba ship uh, does finally manage to get into some sort of docking arrangement, although it's principally Starbase Magellan uh, working something out with tractor beams and a makeshift uh, docking collar that eventually secures the day. Uh, several little uh, Ryutheans uh, in spacesuits are out there helping. They are quite adorable. Graves, um, Graves sets his data pad aside. All right, well, we got a little bit of a diplomatic function just heading down to the station and meeting up with some more of the uh, crew down there. And I think there's a few odd jobs that they still like us to attend to, one security-related, one um, related to ship uh, systems. So between those three different options, do we have any volunteers? Diplomacy, engineering, or security? Kara, still filing her nails, just looks back at him. I'm a con officer. What the hell am I supposed to do on a starbase? Um, keep me out of trouble? Point. I can take care of the diplomacy stuff. All right, sounds good. Um, let's see. I guess I'm headed wherever you are to keep you out of trouble. Yeah, guess so. Uh, Graves, uh, taps his gun badge. Uh, Rick Tier, uh, do you have a little bit to take care of, or do you have a moment to take care of the, uh, shield systems on Magellan? Uh, I think I can spare some time, Captain. The crew are doing a good job down here. They don't need need uh, all that much hand-holding. Well, any hand-holding. Skipper pipes up. I, I, I rebalanced an EPS conduit all by myself, except for, well, two other engineers had to hold it up while I did the tourney thing, but I'm doing good, too. It uh, just nods and says, very good. Sounds like Skipper's voice is remarkably improved. Kara looks back at uh, Duncan. So, the tardigrades are helping in engineering now. Can we uh, get off the ship soon, please? <laughs> Graves. Skipper's shown a little bit of an aptitude, and, I mean, they can't just be in Sunday school, you know, perpetually. And I think they all are, well, older than us. Wait, Sunday school? You're not letting Waitley teach them, are you? Uh, no, Sets has mainly been taking care of that. Yeah, I was just going to let that pass, but... Alrighty then. Well, let's see. Uh, Alright, well, we still need probably need to take care of a little security matter, but let's talk with uh, Captain Mercer first about that. Alright, well, everyone's free to get going on their uh, respective tasks, and uh, you know what? Um, since you're going, um, 
uh, uh, Eli, um, let's just go ahead and have you lead the diplomatic away team. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can use the time to do a little bit of subspace communication with uh, command, just uh, clarifying a few things about some uh, discoveries that they had their um, their way that they wanted a little bit of uh, feedback on. Uh, already been. Well, that's all. Let's yeah, just more or less get to it. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, what exactly are we going to be doing, Captain? Uh, you can go with uh, the doctor. Okay, I'll keep him out of trouble then. Yeah. She stands up and goes to follow. I'm not going to get into trouble. I don't need an escort. Don't care. Didn't ask Captain's orders. And with that, the crew's uh, available to get onto some transporter duty. Uh, Graves has also um, communicated with Chorog that he should also join the um, the engineering away team. And yeah. folks are free to beam to Magellan. Chorog enters the transporter room just as the first group beams over. I'll be directly to the security office. A blue light comes down, and Chorog is beamed directly into what currently passes for Starbase Magellan Security Office, currently manned by the captain of the Riothan Security Squad, Captain East. Ah, uh, Captain East, how have things been going? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. We uh, we got the Ferengi in a cell. Yeah, he's facing a lot of charges. It made him cry when I read him off. Who's the Ferengi? Uh, I forgot his name. Chooks, Chorks, Lorks, something. Remember, he was the one with the strange alien dog. Oh, him. I'll, interrog- I'll interrogate him. Why? He's a Ferengi. He might have information I need. We already read his mind. He's an idiot. Oh, that may be, but... I'm looking for a certain Ferengi. He might know who I'm looking for. Okay. No permanent damage, though. Down that hall, left cell. Oh, I won't harm him much. Trog exits the security office and heads down to where the Ferengi is in the detention cell. Ferengi looks up and just absolutely turns ice pale. Don't worry, Ferengi, I'm not here to kill you. Trog lowers the security field. You tell me what I want to know, and I'll let you live. I, I don't know anything. I swear I don't know anything. Ah, you know, Frankie know everything. You tell me where Madrin is. Oh, you Frankie, no. Deal with one another. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know Madrin. I swear I don't know him. Chuck punches the wall behind him. Bull, you know where he is. I, I can't. I can't tell. I can't tell. He'll kill me. I'll kill you if you don't tell me. Okay, okay, he, he's hiding out in Sector 7. Where in Sector 7? That's a big area to cover. Hey, there's, there's a hidden base, there's a hidden base. Just, just scan for it, you'll find it, I swear. Don't tell him I told you. I won't say anything, and you never saw me. Trog leaves the cell and re- reactivates the security field, and the Ferengi is just just paler than usual at this point. Trog goes back to the security office and said, I got what I wanted to know. I'm just going to sit here and go through these notes. Captainese nods. Okay, you you do that. I'll send someone to clean up the mess. Uh, it's not much of a mess, at least not right now. Yeah, 
the prisoner has uh, been shown to have a weak bladder. Uh, you do what you have to do. I'm going to go finish going through these security reports. Captain East nods. An exocomp on the uh, station crew uh, bobs to um, Cap- or Captain East and uh, beeps out. Um, dang it. I just realized I, I, I kind of want to handle giving an exocomp a voice a little bit more ceremony. Uh, Kazokli, but let's just uh, go with it here. They beep out a series of pulses that translates to, shall I get the mop and bucket again? Captain East nods and says, yeah, we better check on him just to be sure. Exocomp nods and goes, fetches some janitorial equipment for the cell again. Captain East sighs. Not every part of being a security officer is glamorous. Meanwhile, uh, the major commander, um, uh, Kara and... Um, Eli are um, uh, beamed out to let's see beamed out to a section of the promenade Um, it's um, well not exactly uh, well furnished but there's a little bit of life to it there's a few store uh, storefronts under some uh, level of construction and well Captain Mercer's uh, helping out with one of them along with a few members of the senior crew um, just basically pitching in, trying to get the station as um, presentable as possible um, before they get more civilian traffic. Kara's ear flicks a few times, and she looks over at Eli. Sounds like they fixed the leaking atmosphere issue, at least. That's that's good. Should we go help out Captain Mercer? Um, sure. We have a few minutes to spare. Well, it's... Kara spends a few minutes considering mischief and decides to be good. She goes over to the edge of Mercer's vision and clears her throat. Oh, oh, uh, yes, Lieutenant Junrani, yes. Um, how are things? Well enough, sir. Do you need any assistance? Um, well, we kind of need assistance through the station. Um, uh, let's see how to put this. We still haven't gotten requisite personnel from command yet especially when it comes to facilitating the major parts of well opening a space station uh the Rio fans have been of quite a help but i well uh they're quite busy with other critical tasks bringing um part of the system online uh, uh, station online so for right now well any odd jobs that you care to help out with would be most appreciated i see well, we were sent over for diplomatic duties, but I suppose we have a few minutes. Would you care to be more specific as to what you require? Um, well, there's a, well, a deep prior unit that could use, a, well, moving to the kitchen and setting up. If that's not too much of a bother, we've, well, uh, put, well, I'm afraid Siv's put his back out a little bit trying to move that. Aye, aye, sir. I'm not above grunt work. So, the deep fryer unit in question is a relatively small cylindrical device that is, though, surprisingly heavy. Um, all uh, the good doctor and Kara have to do is just move it from point A to point B and plug it into the main EPS grid. Just a little bit of light engineering. So, what would you care to have for this light engineering? I would care to have, a, or first, a fitness security role to move it around, move it over and then a control um, engineering role to set it up. That for both of us? Yes. Oh, no. 
Conrad rolls a 4 and a 12. Two successes on moving it. Two successes for Eli as well. They are very speedy at being at, or getting that over and placed into the appropriate position in the kitchen. And then you said, what in engineering? Uh, control and engineering. Oh, good. I got a success. I'm going to spend uh, two threats. So complication range 18. Just only one of us, or just both of us that have to do this? Both. Kara gets, oh, two, Kara gets two successes and one complication. I'm going to activate one of my talents. I'm a doctor, not an engineer, which lets me use medicine instead of engineering. Okie dokie. No surgery up... Well, basically, uh, perform surgery on, well, not a torpedo, but what could be a torpedo. So control... Okay, so that's 15. Two successes. Um, well, you've got it set up, and it's running, although the unit seems to be shaking quite a bit. Uh, you must perform, well, basically a little bit of light troubleshooting with the computer systems. Science, reason, uh, and I'll spend another two threat. Once again, for both of us? Yes. Or gets two successes and no complications. Two successes as well for the doctor. You're able to bring the batter, uh, the uh, deep fryer into line without spillage of the grease, um, uh, without spillage of the grease. For that, I will say you earn two momentum for exceeding both of your dice rolls uh, on that last one. So your momentum pool is now two. Kara suddenly just kind of thinks to herself, you know, we probably should have emptied the grease out before we moved it. That would have made it a lot easier. I assume that sort of thing would be up to the person that's running the restaurant, but... Well, you know what? If they're going to complain about new grease in the deep fryer, I don't think I want to eat here. <laughs> so with that, they've completed their task for helping up to set, uh, set up uh, a Civ Sushi restaurant. Uh, they are free to report back to uh, Captain Mercer. Kara walks out the door, wiping the grease off her hands. Yo, we got Fryer later installed. Eli takes off the surgical gloves he put on for this. <laughs> uh, 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 Captain Mercer sets the paint gun aside and says, Oh, very good, very good, very good. Um, and if it wouldn't be too much of a bother, we do have a newcomer. I don't know if anyone's seen to him. Uh, things have been a little bit hectic, but yeah, over on the far side of the promenade, around the curve there, there's a... Well, Ferengi merchant who's setting up shop. Um, it would be a very big help if you're able to, you know, um, just see if he needs anything. Only because uh, it would be the diplomatic thing to do. You haven't told Chorog about this, have you? Uh, no. Is Keep it that needing... way. Oh, very well. In fact, maybe find a cloaking device for the store for any time Chorog walks past. Oh, we'll have a friendly atmosphere here. Nothing to worry about. Uh, we'll be receiving additional security personnel anytime now if the uh, USS Toledo gets uh, anytime soon back from repairs, but we'll see. So with a little bit of a manic grin, he just sort of like nods and sighs, grin fading, and goes back to painting. Let's go check on the Ferengi. Kara nods, wondering how long before Chorog does something unpleasant to him. And follows Eli. So are we making bets on this? Perish the thought, sir. I would prefer it didn't happen at all. That said, it's probably going to happen. Yeah, so... Yeah. I say it happens within a day. As they pass by, uh, Chorog um, arrives in one of the main engineering labs with Rick Tier for their assigned task. 
um, the well effective chief engineer of this uh, uh, sec the wrong page open uh, engineer gas is looking over a rather complicated looking device which Rick would recognize and potentially Chorog as well as a deflector shield control array gas looks at it turns his head this way that way oh he turns the device right side up yes that is a um, deflector array Guess, uh, what do we have in terms of connections? Gas just points over a kind of a wall that's nothing more than a bunch of spaghetti cabling. Gas looks back at him and says, cables are, uh, labeled, but, uh, not a lot of infrastructure. Well, more like a sea of spaghetti than a wall. Mm. Well, Chorog, um, I'll, I'll give you this decision. Do we want to, do you want to go and... Uh, help us um, narrow down where all these wires go. Uh, go around the station, or do you want to stay up here? I'll give you a hand trying to figure out all the spaghetti c- cabling. Can't be that hard to figure out. There's got there's got to be some kind of rhyme or reason to it. Gas runs over and actually picks up several wires. They're actually all labeled. It's just we don't have a control panel for him to go into. Well, I could probably come up with some kind of rudimentary control system for it. I mean, we've got the panel yeah. right here. Well, got that panel, yes, but that panel will also need console to go in, and we'll need other panels. All right, well, uh, we'll uh, call up the Reliant and uh, get some fabrication of consoles and other things, get ready for uh, a full system install. Okie doke. I bundle up cables for you, make it easier. And and with that, he goes, uh, Rick here to engineering. Engineering here, Skip uh, Cadet Training Officer Skipper reporting. Well, Skipper, hello. Uh, we have uh, some panels that need to be installed. So we need to set up a console, connect the console and to the panel, get power to the panel, and connect all the various control parts to the panel. So do you reckon you can... Um, can Start start on that process. Check with uh, check with any uh, ensigns and lieutenants if you if you need help there. Oh oh yeah yeah I go I go find a big lieutenant uh and 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 he she'll uh, help us with setting everything up and make sure that I don't mess up. So yeah I can get all of the big people to uh set up the consoles and stuffs. So yeah just leave it to me. Right, thank you, Skipper. Skipper closes the comms and sets to work. They slight roll for that process. Uh, I think uh, give him the uh, plus one from the engineering on this one. Since Skipper gets three successes there. Um, so uh, she is very effective at corralling the away team, uh, or corralling the engineering team, despite her lack of direct typing experience at this point. But she's very good at the organization and motivational side as well. Um, basically becoming, <laughs> effectively taking on the role of Little Chip's mascot. You've also got another couple of momentum from that as well. So the parts are beamed down, and, well, with uh, not too much work, they'll uh, be able to, well, assemble everything together. All right, uh, let's get to it. It all seems to be fairly straightforward. Um, I'd say reason engineering to work out just all the connections and make sure things are plugged into the right order and have appropriate safety buffers. Cass looks around. Okay, now the station is very old, so we'll need to route the power the correct way through the systems. 
Yes, um, I I am a bit at least a bit familiar with the uh, with this energy system, and I need to uh, twelve. Um, what would count as a focus, if anything? Uh, let's uh, take a look. I have mechanical tinkering. That would definitely apply. And actually, uh, what is your engineering? Uh, four. Okay. You did not just get four successes on that, just the two. Uh, close, though, really close. Um, for you, Rick, uh, I would say... EPS power systems would apply. Okay, cool. I also have improvised construction. And that is a fool. That's four successes. You're able to whip this thing into such great shape that this console set will never explode. Six successes overall. Uh, let's see, what's the maximum momentum? Six. Yeah, you're maxing that out. So, with that, you're able to basically whip up kind of like this beauty in terms of just the like the level of simplicity in the engineering of just getting just enough um, connection, uh, connections between the power grid, the control system, safety systems, and the um, shield uh, uh, regulator cord. And Gas uh, calls that, out the different systems as they route the power through it. Okay, replicators, environmental controls, gravity control, defense grid, environmental controls, and replicators. Uh, <laughs> I get that reference. That is a um uh, a deep cut. Yep, that's a very deep SDR deep cut. Yep. So they are able to route that panel. So now all they have to do is turn the shield uh, grid on. Uh, I would like to add that all the cables are nicely cable managed. Very beautifully cable managed. You've even color-coded the exterior uh, cable wrappings and attachments, not only to provide information, but also aesthetic beauty. Uh, now to uh, power things up. <laughs> Who hits the button? Gas is too busy wiping a tear from his eye. It's a thing of beauty. Uh, Rick will power it on. Uh, nothing happens. Chalk and... gently kicks it. Nothing happens, but uh, usefully the display screen, uh, the display screen on the terminal uh, displays the error code ZX4201-3. Well, I hope you know what that. I hope you, I hope you know what that is, Rick. I've never seen that. Uh, Rick Tier will load up the old uh, man diagnostic manuals for these kind of machines because I'm sure they're on uh, in the computer system somewhere, and uh, look up what that error code says. One of the 22nd century um, uh, uh, basically RAM modules, or actually the uh, one of the actually no, one of the 22nd century computer modules has uh, corrupted firmware. You'll need to update it. All right. Um... So the problem though is that you're going to have to find that from the old Starfleet records and data archives. I thought we unhooked all the old computers. Must have missed one. Well, I'll have to track it down to figure out where it's going. Well, uh, I can pull up a wireframe model of the station. Uh, let's uh, start hunting down this data. Um, start starting the station call. We probably have some backups there. I'll see what we've got on the Reliance computer systems in terms of whatever backups we might have 
retrieved um, and uh, see what we can find. I'll, I'll look into I'll look into the system, see if I can't backtrace it. So let's see. For those two uh, two roles, um, it would be insight engineering for Rick Tier and. Uh, let's see, define data. Um, let's go with a reason engineering. Okay, uh, Rictier is definitely going to spend one of those momentum on an extra die. Am I running reason engineering too? Yep. Uh, actually, no, you're running inside engineering. Because you're doing more of an, like a work things out type investigation versus just kind of thinking through, well, where is this going to be located? Two successes, actually. Um, oh. Let's double check. Does Chorog have an applicable focus? Um, I have hand-to-hand -hand combat, mechanical tinkering, small arms, pyrotechnics, improvised construction, and criminal enterprises. Oof. Improvised construction and tinkering. I think between those two, I would say yes. So you're back to full. <laughs> and uh, Rick, on yours. Just one success. Yeah, I'm. Ju I'm just gonna take a quick look at um, focuses. Yeah, I don't think uh, anything really. I mean, criminal enterprises could apply too because you're trying to hack a system. Well, this wouldn't apply to Rick's role. It's just making uh, sure. But yeah, I don't think anything would apply for Rick in this context. So, Rick, you're able to track down that there are. Well. <sighs> There are backup data buffers uh, on board, but they'll need to be tracked down from the main... Uh, they, they've basically been set aside in one of the cargo bays down in the lower parts of the station. Um, from what Chorog is able to identify, he's able to find the part that's giving the error, and it's definitely something that they didn't replace just because it seemed like it was part of an innocuous system through everything that they rerouted. But it would be a bit of a pain to just rip that out and just replace it in... Well, just updating the firmware would be a sort of a good enough spackle solution for the time being. All right, so I found it in uh, buffer 47 alpha. Uh, we just uh, need to track it down probably in uh, cargo bay 3 or 4. Oh, I know where that is. You can access it from vent 27. And uh, do you have like a corridor number? Uh, no. I could probably go crawling around there and look for it. Uh, um, let's just walk there. We should should be able to uh, find it. Not too not too hurry. Uh, the Rathanes are a bit more uh, uh, have more of a frame for it than we do. Yeah, that's uh, true. We small. All right, I I show you this way. He scampers off. Meanwhile, uh, Kara and Eli arrive at, well, they, first they pass by what appears to be a swanky restaurant in construction, with a rather swarthy-looking man standing out front having a spoke. Um, but what they find over at the Ferengi's parlor is a bit, well, kind of just more complete, more constructed. Um, yeah, it, it already has neon lights and holographic displays and basically just looks like a very big store. Just like, just plunked right down to this uh, partially constructed, um, uh, partially constructed promenade. It has the sort of the, uh, right at the top, it's got this big banner saying that it's part, it's the Lobi Crystal Emporium. Car just looks up at it. Huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how to feel about this. 
I mean, we could go do something else. It looks like it's pretty well done and installed. Oh, you don't want to have a look inside, see the jewelry? It's a, it, it says crystal emporium. Is it jewelry? I thought the Lobi crystals were like a kind of currency. Weirdo. Are they? Yeah, the only problem is that Lobi and uh, Ibi means useless object. I see. A rather squat-looking Ferengi, um, and then sort of uh, er, standing behind one of the back, or one of the, ca- the uh, counters inside the storefront, um, looks over, or, uh, looks over, sort of gets a grin, and then just starts. Well, not quite waddling, not quite well sprinting, but proceeding very quickly uh, for his frame over to the other, uh, over to Kara and Eli. Says in a very sneering voice, "Ah, ah, welcome, welcome." I have what you desire, regardless of what that is, for this is the Lobby Crystal Emporium, the latest venture from Lobby Enterprises, where we bring the the wonders of the galaxy to you through replication and the best supply chain network this side of the First Federation. Amazingly, Kara is able to put on a very good diplomatic smile that seems... Warm and inviting and sincere, despite the fact that it definitely is not. She graces the Frankie with that smile and says, Pleasure to meet you. I'm Lieutenant Kara Junrani, and this is uh, Lieutenant Commander, or Lieutenant uh, Eli O'Connor. Wait, um, did I get a promotion? What? Uh, I'm going to call that just Mimi speaking. I have no idea what anyone's ranks are. Marcus probably should have settled that between <laughs> games. Yeah, I, everyone's basically, everyone's a lieutenant. Yeah. Even Graves. No, I'm Lieutenant Commander. Oh, okay. That's like the one rank difference on the entire ship. Yes, pretty much. We'll get, we'll get to promoting that eventually, but for right now, uh, Eli is Lieutenant, uh, Kara is also Lieutenant. She gestures, and this is Lieutenant Eli O'Connor, the first officer and doctor of the USS Reliant. Ah, yes. Starfleet best explorers in the galaxy, that's what I always say. Know what a good find is when you see it. But, ha, ah, have you seen what this lovely little sector has to offer? Yes, yes, Archer, very interesting planet. Very old things fell upon it once upon a time. And I just happen to have some in my inventory. Kara's plastic smile remains mostly fixed in place, but her eyes flick to Eli as if to say, kill me. Eli channels his inner New Yorker, says, not interested, and starts walking. Ah, very well, very well. You'll see someday the value of economic enterprise. You know what? I think that that was even more diplomatic than most people could be in that situation, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Um, you want to call Chorog? Have a funny... Let's not start trouble. We're here to be diplomatic. I mean, just letting him know a shop is open doesn't seem like causing trouble. Sir? Okay, fine, fine. You're no fun. Wait, do do you hear that? Do I hear what, sir? It's like lightly, or heavily muffled music. Kara's ear flicks a couple times. I, yeah, now that you mention it, I do hear something. Music might be charitable. 
Well, um... <laughs> I was thinking, like, wait, are you doing your own thing, or is this the thing that I was talking about? No, this is the thing you're talking about. I'm just providing okay. background noises. Okay. <laughs> it's called immersion. Yes, very immersed. <laughs> Uh, you want to you want to find where that music's coming from no but you're leading so yes alright cool Eli sets off to find the music have me roll something give me a roll Duncan okay so finding the music uh, let's have this as a security insight I'm going to spend two threat for the hell of it so I've spent uh, six so far. And because Kara's just following, this would solely be an Eli roll. Alright, so what does that make the comp then? 18. So one, one success. You're able to just sort of like vaguely navigate in the direction. Whether or not this is sufficient is just sort of depending on where the music's actually coming from. Two levels down, in one of the empty cargo bays, checkers and checkers have opened their own illegitimate disco. Complete with the dance floor, a bar, <laughs> um, and all the missing ensigns and other lower deckers from the station and other dock ships. There's a disco ball made of crushed up deflector dishes, isn't it, ceiling? <laughs> Yeah, you know, yes. Yes. Uh, various, well, uh, various bits of cargo have also been salvaged, not only from, well, the station, but uh, surrounding uh, sort of surrounding facilities around Archer and its early uh, planet Archer and its early colonization attempts. So, well, they got the happening place, a little bit of an old school vibe to it, but very, very swanky for what they've been able to improvise. For some reason, they have they even have those like 1950 style diner booths. They're not in good condition, though. Those were the ones that were removed from the original cafeteria in the station. Yes, and Eli and, and Kara finally happen upon the door. I think it's coming from past here. That's a cargo bay. Yes, but you could hear it too, right? Like, I, I'm putting my hand up to the door. I feel the vibration. That's a lot of bass. Car sighs and just presses the button to open the door. Oh. Well. So, yeah, they're just... There's now a disco bar in front of them. Um, well then... Car reaches out and pushes the button to close the door. Yeah, thank you. I I was going to do the same. So, I have not read up on this diplomatic thing at all. Do we have, like, a briefing? No, the captain just told us to come over here. I was expecting we would get something from Captain Mercer, but she shrugs helplessly. Uh, yeah, I don't know who we're diplomatizing. I, I don't even know if that's a word. Um, in that case, they might want to just check in on how Rick and Chorog are doing. I've got All an right. idea. Let's go check on how Rick and Chorog are doing. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I might come back here later to 
see if they're still eligible for a noise complaint. I can talk to Engineer Gas about installing some soundproofing, sir. Probably a good idea. Let's go. Hi, sir. Lead the way. Uh, all right. So they are on their way to, uh, well, the current location of Chorak and Rick, which is in Cargo Bay 3 slash 4. The two groups basically run into each other in the hallway. So uh, what we're Our looking waves. for is the buffer is about uh, a meter wide, about uh, 20 centimeters in, in sort of like a, a cubic sort of uh, column, um, square column sort of configuration. Uh, you know, the standard blinky lights and... Uh, uh, oh, uh, Engineer Gas nods a few times and says, That Jeffrey's tube... Up five meters, left, go three meters, down to ground, dead in front of you. And Kara looks over. What? Chorok, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I'll go crawling around in there. Chorok takes off his uh, outer coat, gives the gives a communicator to one of the rear things, and says, All right, talk me through it. Kara again. Eh? Gas just nods and says, Okay. We're uh, heading to Cargo Bay's uh, 3 and 4 to look for some data buffers from um, the 22nd century. Um, and um, this is the way that the rear fans know how to move around the place, so um, we're sort of getting directed third-hand through the corridors. So this 22nd century buffer thing... What could possibly uh, damage it to the point where you'd need to repair it? Well, at the moment, it's mainly uh, some software issue. The the, the firmware has uh, gotten corrupt, uh, which does happen in time and, you know, general age. Um, but okay, so it's nothing like it being shook around or anything could do that. I mean, beyond normal standard tolerances, I mean... Now we have a bit of a sonic problem currently on the deck. Uh, some kind of an abnormal hum. Uh, Ricky's going to roll to see if he even notices the music. I don't know what I find more odd about this day, the Ferengi or that. Chalk poke his head back out the... Jeffrey's too big. Ferengi? What Ferengi? Um, perish the thought. I said nothing about a Ferengi. I heard Ferengi and you and me are going to have a long talk after I get out of this conduit. I don't remember saying Ferengi. Okay, yes. Um, I hear oh, that yeah. is not a hum. That is music. I believe it's called disco, sir. Is there, um... Some sort of party going on? That would be one word for it, I suppose. Like, is there an event happening, or is this more of a sanctioned official operation, or is it more um, clandestine? Just looks over. Oh, that's just uh, that's just Chief Checkers. He set that up. Car looks over. No, it's not sanctioned. Uh, let's go with unofficially sanctioned. Close enough. 
Drog slowly starts ascending through the conduit and comes to a T juncture. Hits the taps the uh, the comm on his mass. All right, which way do I go from here? Left, and then down three meters. Drog manages to squeeze into the next uh, conduit and heads down to where the drop off is. It ends off in a kind of hexagonal room that's tall enough for Chorg to stand all the way up, barely. In the middle is exactly what Rick described, a one-meter cubicle, you know, tower of blinking lights and gummy drops and all the little things we like to remember from the TOS era. Looks almost like somebody took Nomad and just bolted him to the floor. Chorg taps the button on his mask. Uh, Rick, I wish you could see this. This is old. This is real old. Well, uh, just look around the, the station, uh, Chorog. The console beeps several times. Does Chorog know Morse code? No, but he can feed it into his wrist computer. There's just a series of beeps from the computer. Chorog tries to decipher the uh, beeping. Attempts to keep up with it, in it on his wrist computer and... The code comes out, drink your Ovaltine. The computer buzzes for a second, then the translation comes back correct. It actually says, who you call an old, ugly? I'm calling you old, you worthless piece of scrap. There's more beeping. Everything all right in there, Chorog? Well, I think I found a computer that's got the uh, personality of checkers. Currently scanning it. I'll get the Daystrom Institute on the phone. I mean, this is iso. This is be- even before isolinear technology. This is this is duotronic technology. I, um, is it evil? Because then we really actually got to get the Daystrom Institute. It's not evil. I just got an attitude problem. I'm getting ready to adjust it. Like, is it sentient? Um, kinda. Then, then no. You you can't just adjust it. That's so unethical, what? Chog takes a deep breath. Hello, have we met before? Yeah. Were you saying that to me or the thing? Saying it to you. You know me. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, um, yeah, I can't let you do that then. Alright, Chog, just, just bring it down here, back, uh, back with us before we do anything, and then we can figure out what to do. Alright, I'll see about disconnecting it and bringing it with me. Chog... Uh, squats down looking for the uh, disconnect ports and finds two areas where it is plugged in. He begins to scan it to try to figure out how to disconnect it. The drug's not very familiar with duotronic technology. It's a little before his time. Uh, What would I rule for that? I would Mm. recommend uh, probably either reason or insight engineering. Inside engineering, probably. And can I throw in my mechanical tinkering focus? I would say yes. One success. Chog begins disconnecting it, and the thing shocks him. Uh, ow! We do have a focus, so that's two successes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The computer beeps out, you know, daisy, daisy in Morse code. Don't you start that. Well, we need to get it, get it, um, some sort of power source, and 
be able to control it so it doesn't, um, you know, in, uh, in, invade and damage the whole starbase. But we still need to give it power. Um, I, think I, I think I can put... I find a way to use use my tricorder to give it a little bit of power as I disconnect it. That way it doesn't completely go offline. All right. Uh, uh, one quick note. Does anyone want to check for any of the other containers that are here in the cargo bay? Uh, are, we, are we all in what? the cargo bay now? Like, I thought it was a very small space. Yeah, I thought we were in the hallway. Oh, okay. And then Chorog is off in the hexag- hexagonal room by himself with the... Oh, okay. I thought there's that... Okay, I thought that was off of the cargo bay system. Got it. Chorog scans it again and manages to find where the power is coming in. It is a micro-snap plug that Chorog manages to easily disconnect to free the device from the floor. You now have a meter-tall, blinky box of lights. It apparently has an attitude problem. And if only Skipper was here, he could... Marcelio jump this thing out of here. Let me having to haul this thing all the way through a conduit. I don't think it's even going to fit. Uh, so can we... After a few, can the rest of after us a few go... moments, it becomes obvious that the gods are not going to perform Deus Ex Machina and that Chirag will have to carry it. Can we actually get in there to to the room where Chorog is? Yeah, you could get in there. I mean, I don't know that everybody yeah. would want to crowd in there, but if you could just stay in the stay in the Jeffrey's tube, I could try to hand this thing up to you. Hey, well, give me a moment to get up there, and uh, Rick will try and climb up uh, into the the uh, Jeffrey's tube to to get access to lift up the. Th- up the box from... Kara takes the next section in order to grab it from there. Alright, and um, they're gonna work together when... Kara, let me know when you're in position. Let uh, Trog... Are you ready? Ready. Trog manages to slide the large cumbersome console through the opening to the octagonal room and into the Jeffreys too. Let's have one fitness engineering roll from each of the three. And I am spending three threat. Okay, I'm gonna. How do you still have threat? It's two for every player, and we've got six now, and I've only spent six. Actually, five. So, uh, yeah, I've got one left. Okay, so I think my athletics focus will apply on this. Two complications for Chorog. As Trog take, grabs the bottom of it. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. And uh, Rick's going to get use a, use a momentum for a third die. <laughs> Can we get three complications? Crit five. There we go. Three successes. And one success for Kara, two comps for Jorog. Now, so because this Chorog, is traveling in a line, I'm going to rule that it actually never gets as far as Rick and Kara. Jorog starts to move the thing up and accidentally smacks it against the wall, whereupon it breaks open. And inside, there's just what apparently is like a jar of jelly. What is that? What is what? 
There's a jar. Bag. There's a jar in this thing. It looks like spoiled Grapbox sauce. I don't want to touch it. I. What? Huh? Hang on. Trog manages to close it up again and slowly starts feeding it up to Richter. I sure do a good grip. I don't want this thing falling on me. Rick now has the jar of strange jelly. Can we get an insight science from Rick? Okay, this is going to be interesting. Two of his uh, worst skills, abilities. And then that one. However, because Rick has dealt with this before, he recognizes that it's a Bob the Blob and a jar. We're getting the... Sentient and amorphous creature. You know the one that we counted before? We tried to uh, rescue, get, uh, collect up for the uh, Daystrom Institute? There's some of that in here. Them, I guess. Why, why is there a blob in here? What the hell are those guys from the 22nd century doing on this station? Who knows where it came from, but... Wow, that's... Uh, Thought this was the first time we discovered anything like that. I guess it explains the computer's attitude. And it would have the ability to um, to control and mod uh, absorb energy, so it would be able to uh, control a console like that. I swear to God, there's nothing normal ever happens to us. Trog looks, you know, inside the guts of this console and sees there's something kind of wedged in there. And I can't, can't quite tell what it is. So he gives the console a good hard whack and jars the other thing loose. Trog reaches in and picks it up and takes a look at it. Why is there an old-style sonic disruptor pistol in this thing? You know what? Just add it to the list of weird shit and we'll try to figure it out later. Hey, this thing's an antique. I may add it to my collection once we're done with it. I mean, fine by me, but make sure you ask Captain Mercer. All right, buddy, let's uh, try and get you out of here. Um, I guess we should go talk to Captain Mercer about this anyway. Yeah, he should probably know that there's a jar of sentient goo and an ancient disruptor pistol in there. Every day a new adventure in Starfleet. All right, let's... Uh... And with that, we've... we've... <clears throat> Um, we've been going for a little bit now. Probably good to take a quick break before finishing this up. All right. Um, the crew is able to get back to the promenade fairly easily with their, well, new companion. Uh, Captain Mercer is enjoying what looks like an ice cream cone on one of the bench or one of the small park benches that's been, um, uh, you know, not hastily replicated, but it doesn't look like it's a, well, finished, well, a permanent fixture, more or less something that's just a temporary convenience. But he's enjoying a little bit of a rest with one of the other officers from the Magellan group. Kara, though, recognizes this officer. They're very old, and they were last seen on Infar. Have a tendency of selling uh, mysterious just, drinks. Just puts her head in her hands. Gas, meanwhile, is... Sloshing the the jelly jar around, going, this thing thinks? I can't even tell it's there. It's um... Captain Mercer and Hazra are still conversing as they approach. 
it's quite unlike anything that we've seen. It dynamically creates links between all these small fragments as if um as if it's Cara just it, go ahead. No, uh it, it's trying to find the right words for it, but he he's failing. Kara just basically goes over directly to Hazra and stabs a finger at him and says, Alright, old man, what's your game here? A game? What game? Yes, I... Huh? It's a long story. Uh, huh. Very long. Um, well, have some friends in the Republic. They needed assistance. Gave them assistance. You know, it was a nice time. I wasn't making drinks. I was, you know, doing a little bit of late barbecue on the side. But, uh, anyway, I'm been assigned here as a science officer. <laughs> he doesn't look particularly happy about it. Kara just kind of gazes at him, eyes half-lidded, wondering what exactly is going on, because she knows enough to not trust the surface story. Captain Mercer uh, brightly says, Oh yes, Hazra, eminently qualified. You know, genetics, astrobiology... Um, yeah, very vital skills that are, well, not uh, easy to come by out here. I mean, most people go for the exploration assignments, but, I mean, setting up shop at a starbase, ah, uh, Hazra here, he'll see it all. Everything coming through the galaxy, well, it's going to be an exciting time once things get underway in full. Uh-huh. So is he taking over for Healer Went, or...? Um, no, well, Hila Wentz is very well settled, settled in and has a pretty good uh, setup here. Hazra will uh, assist with Hila Wentz, but he, uh, went, but he will be principally my science officer. I see. I guess I'll let Setsa know she should be happy to see you. Hazra doesn't look particularly, like, he just sort of looks somewhat, like, disgruntled and embarrassed to be here and just says, Oh, I will try to perform my duties to the best. The newfound alliance between the Federation and the Romulan Republic desires, yada, yada, yada. Hey, at least it's not Starbase 80, old man. He shivers. <laughs> right, so, uh, the Jorog, Baz, show him the thing. And, uh... Yeah, Mercer, Mercer just, um, raises his hand. It's... Not one of those Captain Kirk commemorative bottle heads, is it? Oh, no. Um, oh, this is much worse. What? Uh, commemorative bobblehead? Um, yes. Uh, Engineer Gas found some, and they turned out they were compromised by the Tal Shiar in the 22nd century and caused some problems here. Um, I assume you haven't found more then? Like, we thought we got them all. They they took over the security office. Gas says, oh no, 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 we got them all. I still have five left in my office. Five? <laughs> uh, Captain Mercer looks quite alarmed. <laughs> if you know they... what you're dealing with. Well, um, what is it you found this time? This will probably Show be, that. um... More up uh, Hazra's area, and he sort of presents, um, may I present to you uh, sentient slime? 
Hazra just casually flips open a very sophisticated looking tricorder and gives it a scan. Two successes. He scans and is able to identify what the thing is. So he nods and says, yeah, bit of a construct here. Form, uh, intelligence power. Uh, one second. Intelligence power is dependent on the number of links, and it's been put to some use for some time. I'd recommend a little bit of a rest, considering its state, a little bit of a power infusion, considering it's been living off of, oh, let's see, some disused batteries that have been gradually recycling charges. And is there anything else that looks relatively stable? Or just looks over. I say we name it Rob. We had Bob the Blob, and now we have Rob the Blob. Uh, we could also call him Blobbert. Oh, goody. Blob. They call Blobby. Gas nearly trips and drops it, but manages to recover. God damn it, Blobby. Don't drop that. <laughs> Don't let that thing out of there. That thing isn't right. The blob oh. bounces up. Also, the same chamber where I found that, I found this. Trog puts the old style 23rd century sonic disruptor on. The captain's desk. Uh, they're on a bench in the middle of the promenade. So it's on the bench. <laughs> so Captain Mercer looks at it like, oh, yes, uh, looks to be some kind of weapon. I would have Defender East take a look at this just to make sure it has not been involved in any untoward situations. I already know what it is. It's an old style sonic disruptor. Klingon Defense Force used to use these. Yes, uh, concerning the bobbleheads, I would like to have it uh, given a, th a thorough forensic analysis, if that would be, well, most agreeable. I can still hear the disco. Yeah, about that. Captain Mercer, we, we found a new business down in the cargo bay. Is that sanctioned... Uh, what? Not bobblehead, right? No. More like a very strange disco. Um, are they do anything that violates the Kittabar chords? I'm not sure. Given that it's checkers, uh, maybe? Oh, yes, that lovely fellow. Oh, the lovely fellows. Um, I'll have a look at it a bit later, but for right now, let's consider it a, well, a little bit of an off-the-beaten-path off tourist location. Um, developing more locations like that around the station should prove, well, interesting over the long run. Right. Okay. Gas, could you install some soundproofing around it? Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. that. Yes, that'd be most appreciated. Extra st strength soundproofing. So should I just go make a sign that says Cargotopia right now, or...? Uh, who is that to? Anyone who's going to answer. <laughs> Cargotopia. That's something that Checkers has babbled on about in the past. L let them make the sign. Don't, don't make it your issue, Lieutenant. You think he's going to move the bees in there? No. I have to admit, I do like the, the honey that the bees make. The bees require yeah. solitude. So, Kara just looks at Mercer. So, originally I was here for some sort of diplomatic thing. Same. I was um, supposed to be in charge of that. 
Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, well, as far as the diplomatic situation goes, I just needed someone to, well, welcome uh, Gwen over there, I believe it is. Yes, Gwen. Um, the Ferengi, or uh, the oh, Ferengi. Oh, no. Oh, he said the word. Ferengi, what Ferengi? Oh, yes, uh, Quen, that's it, Quen. Um, Quen. Delightful fellow, he set up a new emporium over on the other side of the Palm Ronard over there. It was nice meeting Quen. Gonna miss him. If you'll excuse me, I'm gonna go see this Quen right now. Kara taps her badge. Healer Quen and the medical team down to the Lobby Emporium, please. Oh, I'm sure it'd be fine. Tell him to bring a mop. Meanwhile, smash cut to the other side of the promenade. A pair of wee bobin fish people sitting in little spacesuits on a bench, looking around. Well, they said there was supposed to be a diplomatic escort at some point. Maybe we should just keep waiting. <laughs> uh, well, an exocomp floats by them. It goes beep. Somehow they perfectly pace. imitate the meep, the beep right back. Exoscomp uh, beeps uh, twice and holds up a uh, holds up a small placard with the names of the fish people on it. <laughs> oh, I guess we follow him. Her. Uh, it, the it, disco. They. <laughs> and the um, Exocomp leads them over to Mercer. Damn right. Not not yet. But for, um, yeah, so the attention right now, though, is going to be focused more on the um, Ferengi situation. Trog is storming across the promenade area, making a beeline for Quen's shop. The shop is not hard to find. It is quite considerably... Um, well lit by neon sign and or neon and holograms. Frog storms to the door. Quen, get out of here, you rat! Quen um pops over and um he 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 looks considerably less personable than he did before. Um, well, according to Ferengi terms, but he comes out, says sneeringly, "Ah, Jorog, yes." It has been some time before, well, since we last did battle in the field of commerce. Not long enough for my liking. Yes, yes, so. Are we here to settle the odd score as the leg healed? Or shall we perhaps discuss business? Well, we can either discuss business or we can, or we can discuss your funeral arrangements. Business would be most pleasant and preferable at this time. You owe me, Quinn. I do, and you owe me as well. So how about this? You read me of a little bobblehead problem, and I might be so inclined to look into your request favorably from there. What bobblehead problem? You still owe me for those faulty toe cables. <sighs> Uh, I'm not Madrin. I'm but as a competitor, although I would like to see Madrin meet some greater misfortune of late. I'll tell you what, Quinn. I'll let you live and solve your little bobblehead problem if you help me put Madrin out of business. Oh, what would you ask in return? Putting Madrin out of business would be most, well, most joyous. 
he, he sort of snaps his fingers and leads um, leads Chorog into the shop in the back. Um, the others just hear this. Uh, the, just Chorog cry. Or um, well, actually, let's put it this way: Chorog. Uh, he leads you to a back room, and it appears that um, some Spock bobbleheads have taken over a small corner of the shop and are trying to access the computer core. There. Trog pulls out a disruptor piston and blows him straight to hell. Problem solved. Yes, very good. And the others also hear the disruptor blast as well as the panicked cry of a bobblehead saying, No, wait, this is most illogical. Logic logic meet disruptor. As as they all explode in a green mist. Does not sound good in there, does it? Uh, There's just like Frankie uh, cackling. I'm more worried you about the fact that the other screaming. You can hear him crying. It's even worse. Um, they actually right, seem to be um, getting along, which is, I think, the scariest. All right, You're not right, getting so along. What are you talking about? Let's talk. Yes. Madrin, he has been muscling into my territory out here. It's most inconvenient. I'll give you access to his shipping routes, and those ships shall be almost more forthcoming in providing him, providing you his exact location. We get rid of Madrin. You take over his enterprises, I get 15% of the cut. Yes, very good. It's most agreeable to this arrangement. Shall we shake on it in the human fashion? I'll consider it an accord. Yes. Very good. <laughs> Chorog grabs Quent's arm, pulls him in close. You double-cross me, I'll make you eat your lobes. Yes. Yes, I understand. Because I, I know the Frankie rule of acquisition. The bigger the smile, the sharper the knife. Believe me, my, sharp, my knife is sharper than yours. Yes, no. that's why I'd much prefer to point it in Madrin's direction. Agreed. But like I said, double-cross me and I'll make you eat your lobes. I've eaten worse, but I shall not tempt fate. His smile smile changes, he goes back and um, kind of greets the rest of the crew and says, Ah, yes, yes, very good. We have struck a slight arrangement and I shall say that my shop will be available to you at any hour, just... Make a special request, and I shall give you an additional 2% discount on all red-marked items. Upon seeing the Ferengi walk out of the store under his own power, Healer went, looks at the medics he brought with him, snaps his fingers, and the entire group of medical Rhea fans just walks away. Yeah, this this is scary. What? Oh, I should provide you, well, with a special gift, a sampling of the wares I have on offer. Um... When um, uh, Tommel's back comes back out, holding well, very old-looking spherical device with a few, not quite spikes, not quite prongs, but just a few just miscellaneous bits of metal that sh- uh, were sticking out of it. Reminds me of an old naval mine. I have gone over this device meticulously over the past few weeks, and alas, I am. As an end to my investigations, it's something that Starfleet may be able to find a bit more interesting. To that, I promise there are no explosives, no high-energy power 
facility or high energy power sources here. It's most safe. So in other words, you couldn't sell it, couldn't figure out what it's for, and you're going to pass it off to us for brownie points. Yes, the perfect gift, wouldn't you say? Our rolls her eyes. I think it's almost worse when he's honest. While they're talking, Charog walks out of the back holding a odd-looking folded staff weapon. Quite I'm taking this as a down payment. I like this thing. Uh, but that's very well. Uh, they, as Char- as Quinn is trying to double talk, Charog stops dead tracks, just turns to the side, looks over, saying, you were saying. Oh, I'm saying it's, it'll be a magnificent addition to your collection. These are... These staff weapons are extremely rare. I like it. Nice, yes. Very rare indeed. Kara grabs the junk and hands it to Rick and says, If there's a use for it, you're the one who can find it. And he just uh, takes it and has a look at it. Well, uh, see what we can do when we take it through the full scanners back on the line. God, I hope there's not a third blob in there. Right, anyway, we should be getting back um, to... Yes, 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 yes. Um, doing this thing we were doing. So, uh, thank you. Uh, nice meeting you, Quinn. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back. And, uh, yes, very Rick, good. You're most welcome anytime. Rick just sort of gives a side glance to the others and then, uh, then, uh, uh, who's got the actual, um, buffer? The actual what? The, the data buffer. Oh, the oh, device they found? There wasn't one. Everything oh. was just running through the blob. Blob OS. <laughs> All right, well, we need to um, actually find this thing, so uh, uh, I'll, I'll see you back in the cargo bay. And uh, Rick T heads back to the area which they were before. Gas just passes the rob the blob in a jar to Hazra and scatters off. Kitty. A small kitty walks by. Kitty. Does that sound like a happy kitty? Uh, I was just picking him up, and he has decided that he wants to keep the bed with him. All right. There we go. I'm now bekittied. But anyway, um, yeah, with that, I think that brings the episode to a close there. I didn't have anything else planned beyond that. And I was Uh, here, too. (laughs) <laughs> so we can cut down to the um, we can cut down to the disco parlor I have one small thing ha- at the very very end so we cut over to the disco parlor E.B. Wells you behold disco what do you do well a well checkers gave Daniel some weird drink it was red, warm, and tasted really strong, and suddenly he has the courage to go up on stage and sing. They also have a brick oven pizza. Or brick They have a pizza. Fuck! They have a brick oven pizza. The pizza I'm oven. Pizza I'm sorry. Oven. Thank you. You're saying brick oven yeah. pizza? Yes. They, yes, well, they, they're making the brick oven pizza with that. Yeah. Don't get intimate with the pizza. Somehow on the way to the stage, Daniel ended up wearing a leather jacket. Somehow his hair got restyled into a pompadour. And he had, and 
and is just wanders on stage and starts singing, dancing in the moonlight, everybody feeling warm and right. It's such a fine and natural sight. Everybody's dancing in the moonlight. I think we have to cut it there, otherwise we have to pay royalties. Oh, thank you for uh, thank you for thinking that my singing was close that close. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, there, there it is. Mild applause from the crowd. Checkers Ooh. and checkers applaud, and then look to their costume wardrobe that was just raided. The can- occasion, occasion in the crowd meows in acceptance. There's a slow motion shot of Daniel like pointing at the sky in a pose for the end of the song, and the camera pans up to the stars as the song continues into the end credits. <laughs> right after the end credits, the camera swings around into Engineer Gas's office? Question mark. Really, it's more like a closet with a console and a place to sit. Around a battered Furby sit five extremely disturbingly lifelike bobbleheads of James Kirk. The Furby sits there and babbles for a minute. But then suddenly it just opens its mouth. Let the dark harvest begin. And tendrils of energy fly out from the Kirk bobbleheads into the Furby as the bobbleheads scream. Ah. Camera also pans over to one of the uh, empty-ish cargo bays of Magellan, and Charles is examining his new staff weapon, unfolds it, and ignites it. Oh, beautiful. I've been waiting for you all my whole life. And begins swinging it around the nanopulse staff weapon that he's been looking for for a very long time. Hey. See? Lobby crystal, uh, crystal Emporium had good stuff. Yeah, well, it still translates as useless object in Ibby. <laughs> All right, and that's where we're going to have to leave it, I think. Uh, thank you for joining us, and don't forget, we have an email, so send us your emails, send us your feedback, send us your suggestions, and send us your creative artwork uh, at Reliant at StarbaseUGC.com. That's Reliant at Starbase. UGC.com. Reliant at StarbaseUGC.com. We promise not to sell you a subscription service that basically translates to make everything worse. Say it once, say it twice, three times a charm. Reliant at StarbaseUGC.com. Also, if you don't have your own Furby, we'll kindly take your soul to give it to ours. (laughs) The harvest must continue. Furby, the other other white meat.